Thanks for joining us today on the NateHoldridge.com podcast. Hey, as you know, we live in a time when technology connects us to more people, more knowledge, and more resources than really ever before. So then why do we still ask some of these fundamental questions like, who am I? And who are my real friends? And what should I be doing with my life? Well, perhaps it's because we oftentimes look in the wrong places for the answers to these questions. So today in this conversation, Pastor Nate's going to look at the book of Matthew, chapter 6, and kind of talk to us about how Jesus answers these questions. So again, thanks for tuning into the episode today. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, before we get into this uh, conversation, Nate, can you back up a little bit and talk to us about this teaching that Jesus gave on the Sermon of the Mount? And specifically, I know you you pulled out one key concept that was uh, really special for Jesus to communicate with the people, and that was that God was their father. And can you guys talk to us about why this idea of God as our father was important to the people at that time? Yeah. I was, I put this teaching together and then decided to write about it a few months ago while I was driving up to Santa Cruz Hmm. to teach at a high school camp. Uh, Actually, the one that our youth group was uh, hosting with a few other churches. And my freshman daughter was there. That's crazy. And, you know, I had another message kind of put together uh, from the Sermon on the Mount as I was driving up because that was the passage of Scripture that they were fixating on. And they just kind of let each speaker think about something inside the Sermon Mm -hmm. on the Mount from which to teach. But, you know, as I was driving up there, I was just thinking about the kids and thinking about what they're going through, you know, at that stage Mm -hmm. of life and all the questions that they have, not just about like the faith and everything, but just what they're wrestling with and trying to land on. And I was thinking about this book that I'd read and also a conversation I'd had with a youth pastor. And the book I'd read was this book called Growing Young uh, by some scholars and theologians uh, trying to help churches think through ministry strategies for young people. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, some of it was good. Some of it was, didn't resonate with me as much. Uh, But then I was thinking about this conversation I had with a youth pastor recently back East where I just asked him, you know, what are kids going through these days? And he just was telling me that, uh, what he really notices is that the more prevalent people um, social networks have yeah. become and the more prevalent the internet has become mm-hmm. for kids, it actually has had an opposite effect on them as it has had on me. Mm. And, and what he, what, what I mean by that is that he said that you'd think that it would make their world bigger, right? And because that's what it's done for me, you know, there's nations and elections that I'm conscious of now and, mm-hmm. you know, injustices I'm conscious of now 
that I'm reading about on a weekly basis, you know, like, oh man, what's going on with the, you know, the, the election and, in uh, South Africa yeah, right, right now, you know, that like years ago it was harder to come by that information. Yeah. So the internet has expanded the world for me, but what he was saying was it actually for them has made their world smaller yeah, because they've it. like gone so deep with just what they know about mm-hmm. their little network of friends yeah. and people that they're conscious of. So it has kind of blocked out like so much of mm. the world from them. And in the book that I was reading, so this is a really weird answer to this I'm question. I'm loving it. Just, it's going the journey right now. The, the book that I was reading, they mentioned that young people are always asking the question, who am I? Yeah. Where do I belong? And what is the reason that I exist? Yeah. You know, who am I? Where do I belong? And what is the reason I exist? And so anyways... I asked him, I said, well, what do you, you know, for that problem, what do you give to them? And he said, well, really all they're doing. And he parroted those three questions. He said, they're trying to figure out who they are yeah, and they're trying to figure out who their people are, who their mm-hmm. community is, and they're trying to get a mission. So he said, what I try yeah. to show them is that in Christ and in Jesus, you have the best identity, Amen. the best yeah. group of people and the best mission. So anyways, all that to say, as I was driving up to speak at that camp, I was just thinking about all those concepts combined with the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. And in that sermon, Jesus um, tells the crowds and his disciples, he introduces to them the concept of God as our Father. Mm-hmm. And it just really, as I was driving it just really resonated with my heart oh yeah Hmm. that title for god that word that god would through the gospel of jesus christ become our father Mm -hmm. what that is is that is a word that gives us our identity it answers the question who am i i'm a child of god and it answers the question where do i belong or who are my people Hmm. well the family of god the church of god and what is my purpose well to be about the great commission, the kingdom of God, but also yeah. beyond that, what the father's made me for. So I hope we can talk mm. about that later oh, yeah, for sure, but it just really resonated with me. So mm. in the message itself, Jesus is introducing God as father, which of course comes to pass because of the gospel yeah. and belief in the gospel. And so that was where mm. I was coming from uh, with this article. Yeah. Over the last 60 seconds of my answer just now, though, I started smelling the coffee that you brought in oh. <laughs> to the studio. I'm not, I'm not sharing with you. I'm we took so a little break. We're recording a few episodes. We took a little break. I'm. What do I do? I have a phone call that I make. And what do you do? You make one cup of coffee. Hey, you're just, one. You're working one. hard. One. All I th- can think about is myself right now. <laughs> I just got a whiff oh, of that funny. and thought that that that's a good smell. That's what goes on. Where's my this coffee? <laughs> uh, we're gonna break the podcast for a second. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> oh man, dude! I to get back to the conversation. I I love this concept of God as Father. I feel like you know, even asking that question to you, it's so wrapped up 
and answering those questions about who am I, who are my people, and what is my purpose. So thanks for getting into all that. I'd like to be able to talk about each part of sure. that. And I kind of hear your thoughts. This first element being who am I, or this first question, I think I think it's so special that that now that we know God as Father, that we do have this new identity as being in his family. But can you kind of elaborate a bit on what does that mean for us as Christians, being in the family of God? What does that speak over a Christian? Yeah, so this is this is a massive subject. Huge. <laughs> and it's very important in the New Testament. It's very important to the life of, of a believer. Here's a short answer that I would give. Yeah. Go back and listen to all of my teachings through the whole book of Romans. Right. Oh, because man. that, I mean, especially Romans 1 through 8, that's really what it's about. I mean, uh, Romans 6 through 8, I'm actually hoping to, I realized the other day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get this, man. <laughs> I realized the other day that I wrote a rough draft book on Romans 6 through 8, about Romans 6 through 8. I mean, it's like 35,000 words of work and I have like a chapter and a half left to write. And I realized the other day that I just forgot about it. <laughs> You're the only person who could forget about a book that you were writing <laughs> with all this different writing going on. That is so what I decided is I thought, you know, I don't know if I'm going to really do anything with that. Like for sure, you know, whether I'll try to get it, you know, self-published or, yeah. or full on published. Um, but I'm going to release those chapters in blog so form yeah it'll be they'll be like the most ridiculously long blog posts ever they'll be like three <laughs> four thousand words you yeah. know for each one but i'm like i gotta you know get that out there yeah but just like thinking about romans six through eight man i mean like yeah. romans six the identity that we have in christ mm -hmm. is just insane yeah you know the whole question of romans six it starts out with should we sin so that grace can abound. Mm -hmm. You know, like if the gospel is what it is and grace abounds where sin was present. Right. So should we just sin more? Should we just, you know, have all this license and just do whatever our flesh demands of us? Should we do that? And the answer that Paul gives is so fascinating. He doesn't say I mean, I've been prone to say it this way, and, and Paul doesn't say this. Hmm. I've been prone to say, no, you think about the cross and what Jesus has done for you, and you would say, like, if that's what it cost for him to do that for me, then I wouldn't want to take sin lightly. Right. And that is a biblical answer, but Paul's answer in Romans 6 is, wait, what? No, how could we who died to sin hmm. live any longer in it? Wow. His whole case that he then unpacks is that when Jesus died, we died with him. When Jesus was buried, we were buried with him. And when Jesus rose from the dead, we rose with him so that we might now in the flesh, in these bodies, experience newness of life. Come and on. that just as Jesus has been raised and is seated at the right hand of God, therefore he is as alive to God as you could ever be. Right. And in eternity... In sinless perfection, he is as far and as dead to sin as you could mm -hmm. possibly be. Paul said, so we should consider ourselves, just like Jesus is, dead to sin and alive Man. to God. That's Man. my identity. 
That's who I am. I am dead to sin and I'm alive to God. That is who positionally I am in wow. Christ and what I can experience, you know, in the here and now. So then he goes on to say, so what we need to do then is we need to put to death the sin that is trying to get dominion yeah. of our bodies. That's a good way of saying you know, it. there's this throne. Sin wants to be on the throne of our hearts. And so because uh, we are who we are in Christ, we need to make sure we defend these mm. bodies of ours and that we mm. don't give ourselves to those sinful passions, you know, over time. And he talked about it as a struggle. It's a battle, you know, and all that. But then for that battle, he talks about how Jesus, by the power of the spirit, the law, I mean, he calls it the law of the spirit in Romans 8, yeah. that there's like the, just like the law of gravity is keeping us in our mm. chairs right now, pulling us down to earth or pushing us down to earth what is it is it pulling us down to earth or pushing us down to earth this isn't the science podcast but in the same kind of way the law of the spirit is bringing all Man. true believers closer and closer into the sanctification that the spirit has for us using together uh, our sonship in christ all the events of our lives, working all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So like our identity in Christ to just by knowing he's my father, I'm his child. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a huge thing. And the more that we understand who we are in him and what we have in him, uh, it's not just like this mental mind game kind of thing that we right, go through. Right. It helps me understand like, I am radically fundamentally different and changed from changed. what I used to be. Yeah. Regeneration and being born again is a massive experience in a person's life. Mm. And though we might not feel all those things initially, yeah. thus the reason for even having to write the book of Romans <laughs> so that we could understand yeah. what has transpired, though I might not feel the, those things, that doesn't mean that it's not true it's right. what has happened hmm. so when going back to that question yeah. should i sin more so that grace could abound well the answer to that question is i am so fundamentally different from what i used to be yeah. i'm so fundamentally changed even if i'm not feeling that and i'm like i do want to sin you know, I do want to get into the stuff that I should, I know I shouldn't yeah. get into. I do want it, but to go back and realize, but I am fundamentally different than I used to be. I've been raised with Jesus. I have to consider myself wow. dead to sin and alive to God. Man, a whole different lifestyle, whole different worldview now. Just Big time. Crazy, crazy. Man, let's keep moving on. So the second question you ask is, who are my people? And uh, I just wanted to ask it just like this, like who, um, who are our people and who is our family and how do we relate to these people? Yeah, I, I love the, these questions, you know, who am I? Yeah. The Father has given me an identity and where are my people or who are my people? Yeah, where and who That's are That's just they? so huge, you know, and, and I mean the title of the article is Three Questions yeah. That Humans Ask. And this is so common, you know, this yeah. is even the, 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 the person who feels so strongly that they are original mm -hmm. and independent, 
we are all looking for our tribe. Absolutely. You know, we are all looking for our people. And, you know, the truth of the matter is that this has a lot to do with all of the division that exists mm -hmm. on earth today. Yeah. You know, because people feel who their people are so strongly, whether it's their politics, their view of sexu human sexuality, mm -hmm. their gender, their race. There's all these things that people will look at and say, those are my people, you know, my profession, my career, you know, whatever. And to be able to come to this reality, yeah. you know, where, I mean, we just live in this time where back in, back when the gospel first was rolled out at the cross of Christ, there is this wall of hostility. Mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter three talks about it where the Gentiles in coming to the temple Mount, they would see this sign that said any Gentile who goes further than this sign does so at their own peril at the threat yeah. of death. It was a wall of hostility. It was a wall of division, but it was like one wall, you know, Just one. it was the Jew Gentile divide. Yeah, totally. We live in this time where there are, we have erected more walls. Mm -hmm. We have er yeah. erected more lines of division. And to know that by the blood of Jesus, I have a new people where all those walls have been eliminated. And now, I'm able to be with my new family in Jesus Christ. That is, you know, obviously loves and respects and honors and is interested in and fights for justice and equality for every race that exists. You know, it does not ignore, mm -hmm. you know, race, but embraces and loves, you know, a a um, a multi-racial you know presence in reality mm -hmm. because God does yeah you know or all the genders or all mm -hmm. the gender you know both genders or all the generations or you know all these different things that we can sometimes divide over no that's not my people aren't there exclusively my right. people are the family that I have in Christ. So the, those might be people that look like me, walk like me, talk like me, are interested in the same things I, I am. Um, but they also might be 85-year-old women who just love Jesus. That's and, right, man. You know, they, they love the Lord, you know. Yeah. I drove up to church the other day, first Sunday services, and as I was walking up to... Uh, our church building I could see people just kind of scurrying around on the church patio from afar and and kind of you know getting things set out and everything like that and so I saw I saw somebody <clears throat> from far away that reminded me of of one of the older saints who went home mm. to be with the Lord last year and I was like oh I miss Ursula Oh, I just, yeah. I miss Ursula, you know, and you just, mm. it's like, man, you, we have a new 
family and to go from, you know, relationships like that to, you know, 15 year old believers, you know, that you're fellowshipping with and, you know, hearing about their lives and what they're going Mm. through. It's rad. It's just so cool, you know, so to embrace that new family, that multi-generational, multi-racial, you know, all those lines of division, uh, no longer dividing, but being appreciated in the body, you know, that's the family that we have. It's really rich. Amen. I love how Paul says in the book of Colossians, or or I'm sorry, Galatians chapter three, when he says, just all are one in Christ, Mm -hmm. that family, just, we are all one under the blood of Jesus. It's so beautiful. The last question that you um, answer is what is my purpose? And I feel like this question burns in so many of our hearts because we're all looking for purpose and meaning, just like we're looking for our identity, our people, we're just looking for purpose and meaning. Just curious, why why am I here on this earth? So can you talk to us, Nate, a bit about purpose or in other words, what is our reason really for living? Yeah, I wanted to be really careful with this answer, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because I think that it would be really easy to go like this. Okay, who am I? I'm in Christ. Where are my mm-hmm. people? The church, the body of Christ. What is my purpose? The great commission mm. to go to all the world and make disciples. But I wanted to make sure that I gave a little bit more of a nuanced answer than that yeah. because it isn't just that my only purpose with God as my father and the church as my people mm-hmm. is that I would make disciples of all nations. Uh, Oh, the way I put it in the article was, okay, for one, we are called to enjoy him yeah. and his creation. For he has given him, given us himself and his world. Mm-hmm. Right? So there is part of who I am as God's child with God's people that I'm to enjoy God and God's creation. Mm. Like, okay, so like, done check like that's great that's a beautiful part of my purpose here on earth Mm. i'm to enjoy god i'm to celebrate god i'm to to partake of god and part of the way that i am supposed to do that is through enjoying the creation that he's given to humanity i'm to enjoy a hike down in big sur you know that we live in our backyard here in monterey and one of the most beautiful places in the earth I'm to enjoy that in a different way than the non-believing world that would go enjoy Mm -hmm. that would enjoy it. I'm to enjoy it as an act of worship. Like, God, thank you. You have done this. This is beautiful. Mm -hmm. I am enjoying this experience, right? So the food that I eat, the uh, exercise that I get, the Mm -hmm. body that I have, I'm to enjoy these things uh, because in light of who the Lord is. Hmm. And then secondly, my purpose, I'm called to, I said it this way, we are called to excel in what we do, whether work or play or family and friendships. So there is a sense in which believers are called to just do well in life. Hmm. We're called to be model citizens. We're called to excel in our work. Hmm. We're called to be good stewards of everything that God has entrusted into our care. So if you're lazy on the job 
and have a bad reputation mm-hmm. there, yet on the side you're meeting with a dude and making a disciple, mm-hmm. you're not really making a disciple. You know, you're yeah. you need to actually model the very thing that you're preaching mm-hmm. and that you're trying to bring somebody into. That's good. So you know, we're called to excel in everything that we do. So whether that's school or, you know, family or whatever, you know, that is to be a growing thing, you know, in our lives. So that's part of our purpose Hmm. and mission. But then also we're called to thirdly expand the work of the gospel, the kingdom of God through the making of disciples in all nations. So of course, and this is huge, Hmm. there is this kingdom that we're part of. We pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So part of our mission, and this is the most exciting part of our mission, mm-hmm. you know, is that we get to, in response to our love for God, we get to take this message to the ends of the earth. We yeah. get to make disciples. We need, we get to be about the kingdom. So I, the way, what I said was in combination, all of the three of those things together, this is the greatest mission humanity could ever partake yeah, of. Amen. All right. So the reason that I wanted to say it like that with those three things is be, partly because, like I said, you know, I wrote this article in response to a teaching I gave. Yeah. And as I was driving up there thinking about, you know, what I was going to say to these kids, you know, I was thinking, I, I don't want to exclusively show them that the exclusive purpose or the exclusive mission that that God the Father is now mm. giving to them, like, okay, he's your father. That gives you a mission. What is it? It is only disciple-making. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want them to know that. Right. I want them right. to receive that because to me, that's one of the most dynamic things that a human being can be involved in. But I also want them to know, like, as they're going to school, part of their mission is to do their algebra homework in a way that would like rep God well, you know, and, and, and when they're like practicing on their field hockey team and they like their endorphins get going and they like score a goal, like, is that a thing? Field hockey, (laughs) they score a goal, you know, like I want them to, to be able to celebrate like, God, that's cool. Like, you know, like you made us to, to, with the ability to compete and that was enjoyable Mm. and I feel good, you know, like, I wanted them to know that God has put purpose in a lot of just the mundane kind of mm. routine things in life. I want yeah. them to know when they go to their fra- favorite frozen yogurt shop mm, at the, on. you know, on the weekend, you know, and they pile up their little goodies <laughs> or whatever that like, how cool is it that God gave you taste buds and, you know, gave you the ability to enjoy that food, you know, of course in moderation, but yeah, yeah. to be able to enjoy that, you know, how mm. cool is that? I wanted, I want them to be able to see purpose in more than just like only when I'm on like church grounds and I'm listening to a Bible study or like I'm in a small group, like that's when I have the real purpose. That might be some of the tip of the spear kind of purpose, but there's, there's more than that, you know, and I just kind of wanted to declare that to them. So that's what I, I didn't really flesh it out much in the article. I just kept it real tight and succinct, but that's what I was getting at. Yeah, that's really beautiful, man. It just seems like this life with Jesus, it's just full of freedom and good identity and wholeness in this life. It's just so good. For somebody, Nate, who's maybe hearing this podcast right now and hasn't really viewed their identity or their people or their purpose in this kind of way, but are excited about it and want to learn more about it, 
what what would you recommend for them as they're just developing and growing as a Christian, just exploring their identity and who their people are, what their purpose is? Yeah. Oh man. The Pauline epistles, especially Ephesians, Colossians, and mm. Romans, I think will be huge for you in yeah. discovering, you know. So not only reading them, make sure that you read them, set your heart upon them, meditate yeah. on the phrases, the words, the sentences that are found inside of those letters. But then listen to trusted teachers communicating about those passages. And listen to them, listen to trusted teachers from, um, I don't want to say across like the necessarily theological persuasions, because obviously there's people who are untrustworthy that, you know, shouldn't be handling books like Ephesians or Mm -hmm. Colossians or Romans, but but there is a safe zone, you know, theologically, that's nice to hear people f- from. But I, I think also, like, I, I know I've benefited hearing some of those identity-based Pauline messages taught from people who don't look like me. Oh, yeah. And have oh. the same backgrounds and experiences that I have. Because to hear, you know, for instance, like, somebody from an Asian continent or country, you know, speaking about Ephesians, it's just different than what like I'm bringing to Ephesians. So, you know, kind of like getting a a hold of a few different types of Mm. people teaching those passages can be really beneficial. But, you know, the, the, the main thing is throw yourself into, you know, those those truths in those passages in whatever way you can. And I think that that will be, you know, really helpful to you. I know Tim Keller, he's got some good, Mm -hmm. um, books that he's written on those. Uh, I think all three of those books of the Bible, if I'm not mistaken, at least Mm -hmm. I think it's Romans one through eight he did. And then I think he's got an Ephesians. I'm not sure about Colossians, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Those would be great. Uh, I'm releasing right now on my blog on each Thursday, a chapter of a book on Ephesians. So they're just real small chapters. It'll be like 60 chapters when it's all over with. So if you go to nateholdridge.com slash united for unity posts with a dash in between each word, um, you'd be able to see all of them listed out and I'll kind of bring you verse by verse through the book of Ephesians that way. But yeah, there's just, I think it's great to, to dig into those kinds of passages because they're, you know, deal with God as Father. Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. For more articles and resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com and search the archives. All of his articles are there. And while you're online, please share an episode of this podcast with a friend. We would love to see this podcast get into as many hands and ears as possible. And as always, tune in next week for a brand new episode from this show. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.